at the story of Joseph, another angle. Oh, I forgot one thing. Michael, <laughs> would you go? Both feet. mistakes. Okay. And during the third week of Advent, we spend time uh, thinking about joy. From Psalm 511, we hear these words. But let, it, um, let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, so that those who love your name may exalt in you. Too often we think, uh, think joy is something big, oh God. A brass band or a parade can certainly bring us joy. Just as easily and far more often, we can feel joy in a hug or in, or in the squeeze of a hand. We can see joy in a smile or hear it in laughter. Help us to not overlook the simple joys that peek into our lives daily. This week in our Advent journey, open our eyes to the joy that surrounds us. Amen. if you will, turn to uh, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. <clears throat> this is the story of the birth of Jesus Christ from Joseph's perspective. We've been talking about um, the, annunciation, the Annunciation to uh, Zechariah and then to Mary, and this is now Joseph's own encounter with God concerning uh, the uh, birth of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and it says this, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the prophet, I mean, what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. 
Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we just ask God that you would add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of, our, of your word. Father, let it go forth and not return void. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> we tend to, um, as, as longtime believers, um, you know, just um, really get on to people about what's right and wrong. Now, sometimes I, I think in our society we don't speak out enough. But, but, but in general, we have the strong sense as, as believers in Christ and in, and in God's word about, about what's right and what's wrong. And, and there is a sense where other people have um, this, kind of, this kind of moral um, beliefs of what's right and wrong. We live in an age when, when uh, most people out there in, in the culture in general have rejected this whole thing of right and wrong and have moved into this relativism that says that, you know, as long as I'm a good person and take care of mine, you know, I can do whatever I want. And, uh, and, and, and you know, we, we forget that that morality is, is, is rooted in truth. And it, it, it is rooted in one truth. And, and that, that is the, the, the Christian truth. And, and anything, you know, this, there's this famous, um, maybe not too famous, but famous in Christian circles anyway, uh, uh, church father who once said that all truth is God's truth. In other words, anything that's true in this world, it ultimately belongs to God because God is truth. But we have, um, a lot of times we, um, as, as keeper of, of God's laws and, and, and keepers of, of, of the traditions of the church and of, and of our relationship with, with Christ, the God of the universe, um, we tend to have a righteous indignation when, when these terrible corrupt things are happening all around us. And I think it's good to have righteous indignation. It just depends on how we um, you know, put that kind of righteous indignation forth. Uh, you know, we're in a culture that's getting darker and darker, and, and it has gone wrong. And if you keep up with the news, any, I mean, uh, you, you see this stuff um, even in our government and, and in various ways. And, and, and I, it doesn't take you long to, to look at social media to figure out how corrupt and wicked it is. And, uh, you know, I was just laughing the other day. There was this website um, that features live streams of, of people. You know, they get on and, and, and they'll talk or, or they'll, they'll uh, play video games and display them on, on this website. And the website said, okay, we're going to allow you um, to put up artistic nudity on our website. Well, you can imagine how much that line was crossed and within a week this website changed their policy and said, no, you cannot have anything. So we, we, we shouldn't have even said that. Because people, anytime somebody sets up a line and you move it, they're going to cross it um, uh, no matter what. And, and, and probably go even further than, than what was intended. And, and, and it, it's terrible what, what human beings will, will, will do and what links will go to. And it's, and it's good for us to take a stand for righteousness. But that righteousness, I believe, needs to be met with compassion as much. Because a lot of times with righteous indignation, we, we, we couple that with anger and a lack of thought towards other people. 
We can be righteously indignant, but we must match that with compassion. Our righteousness must be met with compassion. And I think that's what Joseph's story bears out here. Joseph held to his integrity. And that was the most important thing to him. It says here that he was a righteous man in terms of the law. In other words, he was a keeper of God's law. He wanted to make sure that he did things right by the holy covenant that was given to Israel long ago. Namely, the Ten Commandments and all the laws that, that went along with that. Joseph what was a person who was concerned about doing what was right according to God's will and way. Now, of course, we, we know uh, that this is before you know, God's salvation comes through the Messiah. But, 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 but Joseph himself, he wasn't just interested in, in the letter of the law per se, but, but the spirit of the law. He wanted to please God. He wanted to do God's will. He wanted to obey, obey what God had laid down. And in his integrity, he did not touch um, his, his new wife. Now, we, we have to remember betrothal is, is a little bit different than, than being engaged in, in, in that culture. A lot of times the, the marriages were arranged, number one. And secondly, when they being arranged, uh, they came to, together as husband and wife, but without consummating the marriage. Um, the, the girl still lived with, with her parents until the time of the wedding. But they could be alone together. They, they can go do things together. She was, you know, uh, under his authority, so to speak. Um, but, but, but they had not consummated the marriage. And Joseph and his integrity had not touched Mary at all. And that, that he, he was concerned about the, the law and the traditions of, of Israel. He was concerned about right and wrong. And he wanted to do God's will. And his integrity was important to him. So he... Um, and, and we hear that in the story of Mary, too. She, Mary said there in Luke that she had not known a man when the angel came to her. But guess what happened? <laughs> uh, you know, if, if you follow the story in sort of chronological order, Mary probably went to go see Elizabeth first and spent about three months there. So when she came back to Joseph, she was probably about four months pregnant at that time, which means she was showing and it was found out that she was pregnant. Now, I don't know about you, but, but if um, uh, a girl came to me and said, I'm pregnant, but it's not by a man, it was by the Holy Spirit, I would be inclined not to believe her. <laughs> and Joseph, I'm sure, was, was uh, of course, he's not, he wasn't inclined to believe her. Uh, he, this situation had never happened before. I mean, even in the Old Testament, when God would show up and, and do some great and wonderful things, um, he, he would cause barren women to become pregnant. It was through the agency of her husband. But this child was without any agency of man whatsoever. It was the Holy Spirit. This is the first time that this has happened. This makes Jesus unique in the universe. But Joseph had a hard time believing it, as I'm sure most of you would. <laughs> And so he thinks, okay, my, my um, betrothed bride has, has um, you know, committed adultery. She's obviously been with, with another man. And so his reaction, because Joseph was concerned about righteousness and about God's will and way, he was concerned, of course, about adultery. 
and, and, and the thing was for him to protect his own integrity and, 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 and keep his own righteousness, the best thing for him to do was to divorce her, which the law allowed him to do. And so he was going to put her away and send her back to her parents because that kind of thing is, I mean, it, it, it's a sin. It's a sin. And as much as we want to code it, as much as we want to accept it, as much as we forget about it today, um, having, you know, becoming pregnant, sex outside of marriage, it is adultery. And, and, and it's wrong. And, and Joseph knew it was wrong. It's wrong according to God's word. And I would even say it's, it's wrong according to nature. But, we, but so much of it is accepted in our culture today. And, 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 and it's easy for us to just fluff it off and, and go on. But God's, God's will, will God, God's word says that adultery is wrong. And adultery covers a multitude of these sexual sins. Marital unfaithfulness. Be, being involved in promiscuity but before you're married is, is considered to be very wicked and very evil. It, it, it's, it's wrong. And so Joseph... Being the person that he was, wanting to be a good person, wanting to follow God's will, in his integrity sought to put her away, which was the right thing to do. Send her back to her parents. The other problem that existed in the law in those days, especially in, in the law of, 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 of ancient Israel, is that a woman could be taken out and stoned to death if she was found to be adult, adulterous. And the man with her. You know, the, the Bible doesn't just uh, go after women, as some people try to claim. The, the people that were caught up, the, the, the man who committed the adultery and, and the woman who participated in it, uh, they, they were to be stoned to death. And because of that, Joseph thought in a, a little bit, said, I don't really want that to happen to Mary. I still care about her. I still care about her life. And so it says that he sought to put her away quietly and privately so as not to bring public shame on her. Her parents could take her in and, and hide her away, so to speak. But Joseph did not want her to be harmed. He did not want her to um, face this kind of shame and scrutiny. And so he sought to, to do it in, in a private, quiet way. Now, um, that shows me that Joseph had great compassion concerning the law too. He wasn't just a legalist. He wasn't someone who um, was quick to react in anger. He wasn't someone who was um, ready to jump down somebody's throat because they did the wrong thing. He wasn't ready to condemn Mary himself. He, he wasn't ready to put her to public shame. And put her on blast, so to speak, as people say today. You know, when they want to shame somebody, they'll go to social media or they'll go to the news uh, to, to shame somebody. Uh, Joseph, in his compassion, did not want any of that. And, and I think that says to me that, that whatever um, moral code that, that we want to stick to as far as being believers in Christ, and as much as we want to... Um, speak out against sin and against wrong, we have to remember that the whole reason that Jesus Christ is coming into the world 
is because God has compassion on sinners and wants to see them saved. He, want, he wants them to repent of their, of their sins, but He wants to see them saved. This is why He sent Jesus into the world, whose very name means God saves. And so Joseph, even before he, he has real knowledge of salvation um, uh, that's coming in Christ, he already knew about God's compassion concerning the law. And he had compassion and showed compassion. God revealed Himself as a compassionate God. When um, Moses um, had gone up on the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments, and he comes back down and he sees everybody in the camp worshiping the golden calf, you know, he, he breaks the Ten Commandments and says, you have broken God's law. And then um, a after uh, Moses goes back up and receives the commandments again and comes back uh, down <clears throat> to uh, talk to the people again and, and, and uh, you know, begin to restore them, God said, I'm sending my angel with you. I'm not going with you because of this sinful people, but I'm sending my angel with you. And Moses says, Lord, if you don't go with us, so we might as well just sit here and die in the desert. So we can't go forward without you. And Moses intercedes for the people. And when God shows up, He tells Moses, He says this, The Lord, the Lord, loving and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, showing steadfast love to thousands, yet He will not allow the guilty to go unpunished. God is a compassionate God. That's first and foremost his idea. He is a holy God and he's a good God and he has laid down the moral law for us, but his compassion trumps the legalities of the law. <laughs> his compassion trumps legalism. God, God is not ready to get rid of the law, and yes, he does punish people who are sinful, but God's primary idea is compassion. And if God, and, and the Bible tells us this too in other places, if God punishes people because they've done wrong, it's because of His love for them. Especially those who have love for Him. God's compassion wins out. And only those who ultimately reject God in this life to move on to the next face eternal separation and hell from God. If we repent of our sins even now, in this life and turn to God and ask Him to forgive us of our sins and, and to save us based on the blood of His Son Jesus Christ, He is ready and willing to forgive us right then and there and accept us into His kingdom. That's His compassion. And so I would say, it, even as we as believers try to stand for righteousness in a dark culture, yes, we stand for right, what's right and what's wrong, but we always offer the truth in love. Always in a redemptive way and always with compassion. Joseph is our example of, of someone who cared about God's law, who cared about righteousness, who cared about uh, doing God's will, and yet God knew that God's ultimate will was to show compassion. I would say that Joseph is a truly righteous person, not just because of the letter of the law, but because of the spirit of the law. And that's what we are, as believers, are called to accept. Now, God had to intervene in this situation. And He had to send the angel of the Lord to tell Joseph in a dream that, hey, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. 
For what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And this was done, as he says, to fulfill the prophecy. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. If God had not divinely intervened to show Joseph in, in this dream that, it was, that what Mary was telling him was the truth, um, Jesus you know, probably would have been lost. Mary would have probably been lost. Now you could say that salvation might have risen up in, in somewhere else, but God had called Joseph to this task to protect Mary and, and, and this, this Christ child because if he had put her away privately, she, she probably would have had a terrible relationship with her parents and her family. That would have shamed her. And, and, and then, even then, there's no guarantee that she wouldn't have been taken out and stoned. If God had not shown up and, and told Joseph the, the truth and, and, and got him to, to understand this truth, um, all would have been lost. God, God's plan of redemption would, would probably have, have uh, taken another direction. I mean, I'm sure God would, would have found some way to, to preserve Jesus and Mary. But Joseph was the, was the man that God chose to protect Mary and her child because of this strange and miraculous way in which he was being brought forth. And as we said, who would believe the story? No one would believe the story that she was um, impregnated by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're not talking about any kind of sexual um, impregnation here. It was by God's miraculous power. God who is the source of life, who created all things, who called the world into existence just by speaking, um, can do it <laughs> if He wants to. And, and all this was to show that this was the, the, not done by any man, but by God Himself. But Joseph would be the one in this culture who would have to protect both Mary and Jesus. And in His righteousness, He also um, allowed His integrity to be questioned. Because, because God was giving Him, the, although God was giving Him the truth, he, by accepting Mary, he was calling himself an adulterer. By accepting Mary and her child, he was labeling himself as an adulterer. And so he says, don't fear, Joseph. The fear had to do with Joseph losing his integrity over the situation, of losing his, his righteous status. But God is saying, because Mary's telling the truth, and because this is unique, and because I'm about to bring out about my salvation in the world, don't be afraid to lose your own integrity in the eyes of the world and, and, and even in the eyes of the law, really, in order to do what I've called you to do. God does not contradict His law, but God was calling Joseph into an impossible situation which God had created. And God had promised to help Joseph and be with them uh, during this time. That He, through, uh, and, and, and through Mary, the... Um, the Messiah would come about. And Joseph, of course, um, in, in, those, in those days, and, and th this is back then, this is not now, you know, women and, and their survival depended either on their, their family or on their, their, their new husband. And, and it was very much dependent on man because it was very patriarchal then. And so for her to 
you know, have a child out of wedlock without a husband, um, they, they probably would not have survived. That They would have starved in the, in, on, on the street. But Joseph, you know, being in his position, being a man of righteousness, being a man of integrity, he was a carpenter, we find out. Being this prominent person, he, he risked his own integrity in order to take Mary and to fulfill God's will. You know, God's will and, 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 God, and God himself trump his own law. If God wants to change his own law, he can change his own law. But the whole point is, is that, that, that the law is, is a guide and a teacher of righteousness. But, but it's all about God and his will and his way and what he brings about. And you and I, when we think about right and wrong, we have to remember that that standard comes from God and a person. And that that relationship that we have with God is important for our righteousness. Not just about the code of, of right and wrong, which is, by the way, just a thing and cannot save anybody. All it can do is, is guide us. It's God Himself who is, who is the one who gave the law who is over and above the law that we need to have a relationship with. And see, people had forgotten that. Even in the Old Testament, the law was meant to be a teacher and not salvation itself. Because if that were the case, nobody could be saved because people kept breaking the law in the Old Testament. The point was, is God defined sin so that we could turn away from it and turn towards Him. And He is the goal of salvation. He is the goal of our righteousness. He should be the focus of all that we do and say and how we live. It's all about that relationship with Him. And Joseph understood that. And by accepting Mary, he, he risked his own, own integrity. But the angel says, you know, don't be afraid of that. Because what she, what she has is, is from God Himself, conceived by His Holy Spirit. And Joseph obeyed immediately and took Mary as his wife. And then also in his integrity, he did not touch her, he says, until the child was born. I think uh, our culture today can learn a lot about self-control when it comes to uh, sexual relationships from uh, Joseph. And so we need to um, emulate as believers in Jesus Christ, uh, Joseph's life here. His life was, full, was of righteousness. His life was of integrity. And even though he took a stance for right and for what's right and wrong, and, and we should, he did it with a compassionate heart. And he did it, did it with love. And anytime God comes after us because of our sin, anytime God, God may, may punish us, it's for our own good. And God does it to try to restore us. And sometimes our suffering is the result of sin. Sometimes our suffering is just a result of, of, of living a life because we, we're in a, a sin-darkened world that, that's corrupt and, 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 and we're subject to death and decay. It, it, sometimes it's, it's a you know, natural suffering. Sometimes it's suffering because we've done something wrong. But our job is not to figure out the source of that. Our job is to say, Lord, you know, if there's anything I've done wrong, forgive me. I don't know that I've done anything wrong, but if there is, forgive me. And then help me, Lord, 
I'm through this situation. Be with me. Walk with me. My hope is in you. And our, our, our job is to, is to trust the Lord in those situations, to turn to Him. And then when we see our, our brothers or sisters or, or anybody that, that we know in our family doing wrong, we should be bold to tell them that it's wrong. I said, but, you know, God is loving and compassionate, slow to anger and ready to forgive. If you'll but turn to Him. We, we, we need to mix what we're saying is right and wrong with always with, with this idea towards God's redemption because of His compassion and especially the very fact that this Christ child is showing up. We need to have compassion for other people who are in sin and seek to guide them to Jesus Christ. We need to be careful about how we react to people. We need to be careful how we present ourselves as believers. Always looking to God Himself through the Son, Jesus Christ. And loving others as God loved, loved them. Let's stand. And Michael, I want to do that chorus again. We'll bring that up. God with us. If you feel led to come pray today, if you have some sin in your life, you God is ready and willing to forgive because of His For somebody who's not here, we would greatly appreciate that. Because um, some of those bags have perishable fruit in them, so we want to make sure that you get one and that take one for others that you know. <laughs>